Cats at Night. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. Well, it's 5 o'clock, the number one show at uh, 5 o'clock, Cats at Night. John Katsimatidis here, and uh, nobody can get to work. <laughs> Downtown streets are... are uh, uh, Go home, Joe Biden. No, I'm sorry. Oh my God! Sorry. I wish to look. Go I home. Respect the president of the United States, but maybe you should go home. We've been here for three days already. Oh my uh, God! In the studio, we have Richard uh, Judge Richard Weinberg, myself, John Katzmatidis, and Lydia Serrani. And uh, where's uh, Governor Patterson? I have no idea. Nobody where can Patterson. get down here. Nobody maybe. can get anywhere when the UN is in town. Well, Midtown he... is a mess. Midtown is a How mess. How long did it take us last night? We are night? prisoners of Midtown. That's right. Uh, me and the judge uh, left here at, on 50th Street at, uh, at uh, 6 o'clock. It took us an hour to get to 64th Street. Jesus Christ. And so the other problem that we're also going to be seeing is... How is congestion pricing going to help any of this? It's just going to fleece us even more. And now you even have Mayor Adams. He's also been hinting at it that he's not too happy with this. He thinks that Albany kind of shoved this down everybody's throat. Of course, his team tried to kind of walk it back. Judge Weinberg, you are a judge of all judges. New York City, I mean, this is not a good idea. This is my town. I love this town. I serve and protect this town. I am telling you, if you want to destroy New York, there's a checklist that they're following. One is you have no public safety. Two, you have overtaxation, overregulation. And the latest nail in the coffin is congestion pricing. It's proposed to be for environmental protection, but things can be backed up. You can have more pollution, not less, because it can be backed up over 60th Street. All of the Bronx the people Expressway. In the, Bronx, the, the, people, the, the Expressway, the Cross Bronx Expressway in the Bronx is that it stands still right now. Right. I was on I was on over the weekend. And I was on over the weekend, John. It doesn't move. Congressman doesn't Richie move. Torres, he's outraged by it. You got Rockland County residents, New Jersey Governor Murphy, Mayor Adams, if you are listening, you have our support. You don't have to allow Albany to tell you what to do with your city. On the line with us right now is political analyst Hank Shenkoff. Hank Shenkoff what do you think about this? I mean, I think Mayor Adams, he seems to me like a really kind of common sense guy. He wants to get things done in New York City, but Albany just does not want to cooperate. Yeah. Hi. First of all, good evening and good afternoon, everybody. Sorry, we're well, outraged. Albany is not gonna do, Albany's not going to do very much for him. It's not in their interest, and there's no pressure points. I mean, um, you know, that's the problem with having two houses in the, in the state legislature, both of which are controlled by one party. There's no, there are no real, uh, there are, and with majorities, there are no real uh, competitive elections that are of consequence. There are no, um, I mean, there's, you know, where's the pressure point? We got a mess. Go we got a mess in our city, in our state. Uh, and I understand uh, Mayor Adams now wants to put up tents for, for the migrants, uh, for all the migrants, or cruise ships. Well, that's that's pretty. That's a little bit out there and unusual. That, that should make us a third world country, Hank. They're going to be well, in Central listen, Park, Prospect Park? Look, every city in the country has homeless problems. I was in Houston this past week. You have homeless problems. They're not as intense as ours because they're not as concentrated as ours. And uh, But New York is unique and different. So what's the solution? Nobody knows. We pay for housing. Uh, Bill de Blasio certainly took care of his uh, political friends. Uh, those who had donated him, certainly that was his style, by giving them contracts to house homeless people. We refuse to, to tell the truth to ourselves, which is take Rikers Island, turn part of it into a, which is what, frankly, the, a lot of the correctional facilities become, which is, a, which is a hospital for people with emotional 
problems, turn that into a facility that can do that and start to deal with the homeless issues and other issues we face. If not, this is just going to go on because no politician wants to tell the truth and nobody wants to stand up. So as long as you, that's not fair, most 99 percent of them. You're absolutely. You'll have this. You'll have this mess. Hank, tell the truth. absolutely right about Rikers truth. Island. Rikers Island is an asset that could be used effectively for public safety to house the homeless, get medical care for the mentally ill, drug treatment. You have all the facilities in one place. You have vertical integration there. And it's a safe place where you can keep them in an isolated way so they're not in the general population. You would have integration of, of all the things that are required. And instead of having correction officers resigning every day and having them blamed for a system that the previous mayor allowed to fester, and for for a failure to invest in capital uh, in capital improvements, and for the ridiculousness of the Lipman report, this guy should—I mean, what he did was absolutely incredibly wrong because he took no he took no real understanding of what occurred. You want to blame somebody for the problem? He just tossed the wrong direction. We told. Regardless. Listen, I know I know Judge Lipman forever. He he's a friend. I know him for decades and decades. He we had a debate on this show, Hank. And I told him he was wrong, and I told him why he was wrong, but he wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't back off. It was a utopian dream, and putting it in communities, local communities, is not a solution. Well, it's more of a problem. And you know they want to house like 1,500 um, in, like, people that just came out of Rikers right there in the Bronx, too, by Jacoby Hospital, which is a very nice area. I mean, now they want to put local jails everywhere. What are they doing to you know, our city, Hank Shankoff? You have to ask. When the jail gets put on 79th Street and 5th Avenue, maybe then people would respond. But with these jails are going to be put back in the neighborhoods that are trying to get past everything else. They're going to have lines of people going in and out. They're going to be more difficult for the, for the, for the children, for the mothers, the fathers, the, and, the, and the, uh, the sisters, the wives of individuals and husbands to get to the facilities. It's going to be worse. Um, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, it just does not make sense. What we're doing is we're taking a system that was imperfect and we're making it into a disaster. And you then, know, I'm sorry. I'm, and, you know, and, and the crime is not, it would be one thing if crime were being reduced. That if it would be one thing if these were functional answers to long-term problems. But crime is up and these are not resolving anything. It's ridiculous. ridiculous. And you're going to need facilities to hold these people and detain them and to protect the public. Well, don't worry. Governor Kathy Hochul, she has a solution to the subway crime. She just announced a new initiative. They're going to put cameras on each and every subway car. So then if somebody hits you with a bag of poop in your face, they'll be able to trace him and then give him a desk disappearance ticket the next day. He'll just get out. So, I mean, Hank Schenkoff, this is a waste of money. Remember these tragic words, okay? The The number of people that are not going to be returned and are not going to return on their own to court. In the, under the present bail reform system, where people are being released, they're not being detained, they're not being kept overnight, you know, for sure, for sure, they're, for whatever reason, they're not being detained in the city's, city's uh, correctional system, which really is a misnomer. It's really a, it's really a transportation and get to court system. But those people that are not there, their bench warrants will ultimately be issued. And someday, two years down the road, when there's 150,000 bench warrants issued, the same people keep popping up. You can rest assured as we're on this call. That a U.S. Mar- deputy U.S. marshal, potentially two or three New York City detectives, and someone from another agency will go through that door, and a tragedy will occur. Because this, the politicians don't understand. I have never seen a politician go through a door to find somebody. I've seen firefighters and cops do it, but I've never seen a politician do it. And there is the difference. No, well, you're right. The warrant squad. People do not understand what dangerous work it is when you're on the warrant squad. People on the inside understand it, but the outside, you're absolutely correct. 
The warrants was a dangerous assignment. You've 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 destroyed the system by by turning by turning the probation department into an empty house. We used to have fifteen hundred New York City probation officers. We're now down to under seven hundred. They're largely black women. We're not and women of color who are not being paid appropriately. Who's going to if you if you're getting them off the rock off Rikers? Who's going to supervise people if there's no one there? This is all. This whole thing is being set up for disaster, and the public's going to pay the price, and we as New Yorkers will pay it. Why? People will leave. You heard the latest number, Hank. In this uh, in this calendar year, already have forty two thousand people who've uh, moved since, to Florida. And since COVID actually started, what was that, twenty twenty? It's been almost a half a million. So this mass exodus that they initially blamed on COVID continues because, like you're talking about, the climate of lawlessness. We're seeing this incredible taxation. I mean, we're just not going to take it anymore. Well, on this show, I said to this group some months back uh, with some people thought I was out of my mind. I said some months back, it may have been close to the beginning of the year this year. I said that the New York City was going to head into a significant budget crisis that would be largely unresolvable because in the present political setup and that the politicians would somehow believe they could cure it because we're going to get close to this point by doing all kinds of tricks which are not no longer permitted under law, and we're going there. And in the meantime, they can't seem to understand that there's a relationship between the crisis we're going to go through and the fact that we are taxing people and we're, 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 we're scaring them out of our city. These two things go hand in hand, and I'm curious to see what the leadership does with what we're walking into. We haven't had anything close to this in 75. You know, it's just, it is, and now people are talking about they have a surplus. It's crazy. There is no surplus. There is no people are leaving. The tax base is eroding. Jobs are jobs are not being replaced in the way that they once were. The hotel industry is not doing the numbers it once did. I mean, we, we are in a, a kind of permanent walk back from where we were five years ago. How do you cure it? I'm not sure. But what is going on now in public policy as it relates to crime is not curing it at all. And then, of course, they do something wonderful, the 25,000 jobs, Amazon jobs, high-paying, six-figure jobs, and then they blow that out in the name of progressivism. Well, you know, the, the, the and look, as someone who stood on his feet for a lot of years working behind counters in restaurants and around the clock and different and civil service jobs, um, I can tell you that if you haven't done those things, you don't understand how average people feel. You really shouldn't talk about average people. The fact that AOC went to a school that I could dream about um, and get the kind of education that I can from that place that I could only have dreamed about. When I dropped out of high school, I went back without free university. I would never go to school. It was out of the question. So I listen to these people who have had every advantage I didn't have tell me how we should all live, and I wonder what the planet they're on. Fascinating. Well, it is fascinating. Hank Shankoff, thank you for uh, letting us uh, let out our anxieties about uh, – What's going on in New York right now? We love New York, and we're going to bring New York back. Uh, by uh, by anything we can do, we're going to bring New York back. Thank you so much. All the best. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, it's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences 
in the industry. Call now or go to prioritygold.com. 